know the Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy the fullness of joy amen you know that's kind of the default setting of a believer the default setting of a believer is joy we're all designed that way we're all designed that our natural setting wherever we are whatever we're doing it's joy that's our natural setting why because we are filled with the presence of god we are filled with his presence and the more we become aware of that the more we recognize it the more we yield to that the more that joy just becomes who we are that joy just becomes the attitude that we live in every day not when things are going just well and not when only things are going the way we want them to and come on even when we can't get words on the screen even when your microphone sounds like you're yelling into a Folgers can have joy situations don't matter it's his joy that is our default mood say well I'm just I just I'm depressed I have anxiety well you you're choosing that over the presence of God that's a choice it's something you're yielding to that's not his presence because his presence yielding to that looks like I got joy I'm walking in joy I'm walking in his gladness amen Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord's got some more things to do, some more things to say. And so we're going to get going to the next thing. Amen. Amen. So why don't you guys give someone a high five, grab your seats. Boom. Hallelujah. Yeah, down here is probably better. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we pray for strength. Sometimes we need strength. And sometimes we fail to see that that strength comes from His joy. That the joy of the Lord, it is our strength. You know, a couple years ago, we were headed up to kids camp. We just got back from kids camp couple weeks ago and uh, man what a time and I got some things to there was some cool stuff that happened and some kids got rocked that'll they're never going to be the same and and man we had a good time well a couple years ago we're headed up to kids camp and uh we're we're about to we're, we're headed to Cascade and does anybody know where like the Avamore subdivision is on the way there like just out of town, just out of Eagle. Well, our bus breaks down right in front of that subdivision. And we only had one bus at the time. So, um, and it's, I'm following the bus up. And on the bus are two youth leaders. They're 16, 17, and 50-ish kids or so. 
and the bus driver who's hired, who we hired him, he's chartered, and, and then me who's following this bus. I am the only adult watching over these 50 kids at this particular time. And uh, bus breaks down. Turns out the transmission blew or something is major. So they had to send another bus up to come get us. So we're there an hour, and it's hot. It's middle of summer, and bus isn't running. There's, there's no air conditioning in school buses anyway. And so kids are hot. They're not happy. And, uh, and so finally other, the second bus shows up, and we're like, thank God. Everyone piles out safely. We get on the second bus, and we start heading up the hill. We're like, thank God that is over. Well, right about just past the Banks Loman turnoff, like just past that, the bus all of a sudden, I'm, I'm following the bus, and I see it pull over. I'm like, there's no way that bus is breaking down. They must, you must have had a kid have to have to go to the bathroom super bad, or someone threw up, or there's some reason it is definitely not that bus breaking down. Well, turns out the bu- second bus broke down. And this time, there's no cell phone service where we're at. So we can't call in to, the second, to, to, the, to get a third bus. And so we start trekking back, and we walk back. It's not too far to, the, there's a little market right there at that turnoff. And we use their phone. They have a landline. And we're able to contact the, the bus company. And they sent out a third bus. However, this bus, bus, for some reason, took about two and a half hours to get to us. Whole, whole time, we have the kids. We're off on a big turnoff, which was nice. Um, but all these kids start complaining, start saying, not, I wouldn't say all of them, the majority. Like, man, I thought kids camp was going to be like this. And didn't you say kids camp was going to be so amazing? It's like, come on, guys. This is not the plan. This is not what we had designed to have happen. But then I realized that in that moment... I could have joined with them. I could have joined in that mindset and in that attitude of being down, of letting the circumstance of taking care of 50 kids on the side of a road in the middle of a hot August day, I could have let it get to me. But I said, you know what, guys? And And I was talking to the kids. I was like, you know, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to let this be the story of our kids' camp. We have the opportunity to let this be the, the story we come back with. Or we can stay in a place that's full of joy. We can stay in a place that's full of, of peace. And we cannot let this circumstance get to us. And those kids that joined in, those kids that said, you know what? You're right. We're going we're gonna to keep the right attitude, even though it's not a comfortable situation. Even though it's not going well. It's not what we had planned since we're going to keep that same same mindset as if nothing happened. Pastor Mark just talked about on Sunday about having things move you and how things uh, were supposed to be steadfast. Inside, internally, the things that are on the inside, those move us. The Holy Spirit moves us. But anything external, not shaken, not moved, not going to change, going to stay firm. And so those kids that ended up saying, you know what, we're going to just make the best of it. They ended up playing in the dirt and having a great time because, I mean, what else are you going to do? 
They, we don't allow electronics. There's no internet there anyway or service. So they end up having a great time. And those kids that chose to do that, those kids are the ones that got rocked at camp. I remember thinking in the middle of our services later that week that, man, why? It's like these kids right here, they're getting rocked. But what about those kids over there? What's going on with them? How come they're not getting in? How come they're seemingly on the outside? And it was, and it was just, I had that question, and the Lord just reminded me of when we were halfway up the mountain, stranded on the side of the road. Those kids chose to complain. Those kids chose to not operate in joy. Those kids allowed themselves to get over into a place that is not in his presence. And if we stay there, he can keep, he can keep taking us deeper, and he can keep taking us further. You know, before, before camp... Um, what we usually do for about a month and a half, pretty much the start of summer, is, is we get the kids ready for camp. Meaning, we actually strategically take them to a deeper place so that at camp, we can go even further. And it's something that the Lord instructed me to do. He said, he said this is how he said it to me. He's like, I will take them from here to here at camp. Unless you can get them, and this is his words to me. I didn't. I don't. I don't have a theology based on me getting people's places, but the, the, his words were. But if you get them here before camp, I'll take them here. And so I was like, "All right, we're going to go as high as we can, as far as we can, as deep as we can before we get to camp." And you know, that camp was the first time we had kids going to heaven, and we had multiple kids at that camp say uh, have experiences where they saw. Uh, loved ones in heaven, and they saw um, animals, and they they saw Jesus, spoke with Jesus. Some of those kids now they are completely different kids based off that camp, because they had an encounter with God that was real. And and again, I'm not going to go in the whole theology of someone going to heaven, but the Bible does say that unless you become like one of these little ones, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of. Heaven. I don't think it's just talking about salvation in that paragraph. I really do think it's talking about us experiencing heaven. And, and so since then, uh, we have had the last two years, that was kind of like the catalyst, that camp three years ago. Since then, we've had so many kids have experiences in heaven that it wasn't just at camp. Um, the last year, we had about three quarters of the kids at our camp get up and testify about their experiences going to heaven. And, uh, and then uh, they, they were sharing all these different stories, and I wish I could remember all of them off the top of my head, but some of them were moving. And the crazy thing is, if you're a kid and you're going to tell a story about heaven, or let's say you make up a story about heaven, you, you're going to have a hard time knowing what the Bible says probably as a kid. And... Every single one of those kids that testified, it lined up perfectly with Scripture. None of them were in conflict with one another. And half the kids were so amazed at the grass. If you're going to make something up, I don't think you go talk about how amazing the grass is. But that's what they were like. You could just like step on the grass and it would pop back up. It was full of life. There was nothing that could die in heaven. Everything was, everything was living. Everything sang and made melody. 
and um, the aroma of heaven. And you know, some kids would be in the middle of sharing in the testimony, and they, when they would mention the aroma, I, I would get a whiff of it. And it was just like, you, you were there again. And so these kids, they have these experiences, and they're having these encounters with God. And, you know, for me, the, the thing that I don't want to do is, first of all, it's God doing this, it's not me. Second of all, I, don't, I also want to do with this something that is honorable to God. What, what he's doing amongst kids today, and I don't think it's just our church, I think it's kids across the world, what he's doing with this generation, I don't want to take it lightly and I don't want to mishandle it and I don't want to downplay the encounters and the real life change that they're having because it's real and these kids are in love with God and they are experiencing things that most people just dream of. And, and, I, and I go to the, the question of why them, why kids, and there's, I have lots of possible answers, but one thing that I know for sure is the mentality that they have. The mentality that a kid has 99% of the time, and if a kid doesn't have this mentality, there's usually a problem with them as far as there's something that's happened to them or they've yielded to something that wasn't good. But one thing that they all have in common is they're fun. They love to have fun. They love to be joyful. They love to play. They love to just have a good time. And they don't let silly things, they don't let doctrinal issues, they don't let you stumbling over your words when you're teaching them get in the way of them having fun and them being full of joy. And so one thing that I desire is, okay, if kids can do that, is it possible for us to have something like that? Is it possible? Not necessarily is it something that every single person is going to, it's God's will for every single person to visit heaven. I don't know that. I don't have a scripture that says that. We know Paul did. We know Paul had experiences in heaven. We know John did. Um, that most of what came out of the book of Revelation was an encounter that he had where he was caught up to heaven. And that's where we get a lot of our doctrine on what heaven's like. But it, the question that I had was, is there something that I can do or that, that I can facilitate on getting these types of things to happen on a more regular basis? And I believe the answer is yes. I believe the answer is it's not just God in his sovereign will, in his choosing, decides to take someone and see, see heaven and... You, if you remember John's experience, it says that b- when he was caught up, he before he was caught up, he was in the spirit. If you remember that in the book of Revelation, he was in the spirit. So what if he wasn't in the spirit? Well, then I, I, he could have missed this amazing revelation that he got of the end and of what heaven's like. So is there something that we can do to, to get ourselves into a position to have... These, these encounters with God, to have these times where we are caught up in the glory, we're caught up in, in the, the things that the Lord has for us. And my, my, my statement is, I believe so. I really do believe so. I don't think it's just God deciding that. Now, we have to get ourselves into the right position. 
Let me, let me first go with, uh, tell you what happened to me last year. This was, this was at last year's camp. And uh, what happened was um, we're in the middle of a, a service at camp, and we're all giving God glory and worshiping God. And the, the guest speaker, his name is Jay Hoskins, if you're familiar with him. Um, he's a guest speaker here in the adults periodically. Anyway, he comes up to me, and he just smashes his hand right into my gut. And, uh, and when that happened, like, I went somewhere else. And I, I, I remember crumpling to the ground. I don't know what happened when I was down there. But I crumpled onto my face. And then I had this experience where I went somewhere else. And th- I'll, just, I'll just give you a picture of what happened and describe it as best you can in English because there's not very many words that actually convey heaven in our, in our language. But what I think it was heaven. I don't know for sure. That's my best guess. But what happened was, I, I, when I get there, I'm in the middle of a river. And I, and I just know I'm in a river right now. And this river is vast. I can't see the bottom. I can't see the surface. I can't see either bank. And it's flowing very rapidly. And when, while I'm in this river, I'm being tossed around like a rag doll, just, just tossed every which way. And it sounds like something that's really scary. However, there was zero fear. I was not worried about my safety, worried about breathing whatsoever. I was just experiencing the most joy I'd ever experienced. This joy that came from being in this river was so real, was so tangible that I literally haven't been the same since having this encounter. And so anyway, I'm just floating in this river. I'm being tossed around. I'm being swirled. And it's like the best roller coaster ride you've ever been on. And it's like, yeah, this is amazing. And I remember yelling. I'm like, how am I yelling underwater? And, uh, and I'm being tossed around, and I'm going for a minute or so. And then all of a sudden, I, we, I come off this waterfall. And all of a sudden, this river takes a turn south, just directly south, like down. And I'm falling in this river and still doing all of these swirls. And, and I remember falling. I'm like... Man, this has to be the biggest waterfall ever because it just didn't stop. And literally for two or three minutes, as far as what I could recollect, I was just falling. But it was the most peace I'd ever experienced. It was the most joy that I have ever experienced. And so that while I'm falling, all of a sudden I come to and I'm back in the room where we were at at kids camp. And, and, and that's the end of the, that's the end of the story, right? However, I was like, God, I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's happening. And he started taking me to different places in scripture that were describing, describing a river. And so this river isn't just a theory. There's actual scriptures that talk about the, the river of God and the river of life. And it's, it's a real thing. And so this river, wherever it goes, it brings this joy with it. It brings this life with it. And what's, what, what I know to be true is that this river isn't just on a distant planet, but this river is something that God, um, He moves. He moves it, and it's in the spirit. It's not in the natural realm, but it's in the spirit realm. And He moves this river and he causes it to go places 
where there's hungry hearts, where there's those that are, are stirred up for more. Those that, and, and I can tell you, that's, that describes these kids that went to camp. They, uh, just this last kids camp, on Monday night, the first night of camp, before we ever even get started, um, dinner, we had dinner at 5.30, we show up, orientation, dinner's at 5.30, and then uh, worship and starts and our service starts at 6.30. Well, an hour is probably a little bit more than you need to eat, and so they get done, and the worship team starts practicing at 6. Uh, well, these kids, again, this is the first night of camp, this isn't like the last night, they start just going and joining in with the worship team and start worshiping and praising God. Now, this is considered free time. There's all these things that they could be doing. There's ping pong, there's foosball, there's all these other games that are outside that they could be doing. There's basketball. But every single one of them is up there worshiping God. And every single one of them is getting in the presence of God. And I'm like, those are hungry kids. And so then there's this river that flows towards hunger that God wants to give us when we're, when we're stirred up, when we're like, I, I desire more of him. I desire to know him. I desire to have more of him in my life. I want to be more yield to him. I want his plan to be just exactly what, it, what he wants in this world for my life. And, you know, you might be sitting there saying, well, I kind of like how much God I have. I kind of like the amount of, of relationship that I have with God. What I can tell you is there's so much more. I mean, think about this. For all of eternity, we're going to be desiring more, and that desire will always continue to be satisfied. I mean, that's an eternity. We're talking about an eternal, infinite God... You can never go too far with him. You can never get enough of him. The minute you think, man, this is as good as it gets, the next time is going to be better. Amen. The minute you think, oh man, I don't think it can get any better than this. He, he outdoes himself. He's eternal. He's infinite. And there's no limits to him. So let yourself be stirred up. Let yourself gain a hunger for the things of God. Now, there is a hunger for the things of this world that likes to take that place. And with, with what you have, as far as what's under your control, is what's more, what's greater, what are you going to allow to grow? What are you going to be hungrier for? Well, you know, prayer life. My, my desire to get into the Word, my desire to, to see God move in uh, someone's life around me that He's leading me to. Or is it television? Or is it all these things that distract? All these things that we should not be about? Because what Jesus say? I must be about my Father's business. And by the way, He set the standard. He set... He set the example, that's what we're about. If we're all about my father's business, then every single day I'm hungrier for more of him. Every single day I desire more of him. Amen. 
And so there's, there's this stirring inside of us that we can do, that we have control over, that it's not just God choosing some to be hungrier. He's not just choosing some to have more of a desire for him, but it's literally us and our decisions, our, our actions that follow those decisions that de- determine whether we're hungry for him or we're not. How many know that the scripture says, those that hunger after righteousness, they will be filled They will be filled. Your hunger for the things of God will be filled. The fullness that you're experiencing right now is based on your level of hunger. That was big. The level of God's fullness that you're experiencing right now is dependent upon the level of hunger that you've had up to this point. Well, I want more of him. You're going to get more of him the more you focus on that desire, the more you let that desire cultivate, the more you allow that hunger to grow, and you starve the other things of this world. And the more you allow that to happen, the more you'll see fullness. You'll see God come in and do more. You'll see all of a sudden you're getting words of knowledge that you didn't know you could do before. All of a sudden you're going to have a desire to see People save that you didn't have before. How does all that happen? It starts with, I'm going after God. It starts with, I'm going to hunger after him. I'm not going to let other things fall in the way. This is going to be what I'm about. And once, it, once you're like, this is what I'm going to be about, all of a sudden, then he has something he can fill. Then he has a hunger he can quench, he can satisfy. And he needs that from us so that he can take us further. It's not just God deciding how full you are. It's not God just deciding what your life's like and the the amount of presence that you operate in and all those things. That's not just God's choice. It really has to do with how hungry, how much of a draw do I put on him, how much am I going after him. And when when that's up there, you'll be up there. He's faithful to fill the desire. He's faithful to satisfy the hunger. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's another reason why I think these kids are experiencing what they're experiencing, are, are having the encounters that they're having, because it comes from such a desire to know God. It comes from such a desire to see Him, to, to, to um, have Him in their life. And so because of that, God's filling that. And he's seeing, and these kids are having these encounters with God that are ridiculous. I mean, they're the. I've heard. I just just from this last camp, one of the one of the girls was talking about how um, she was she was in the river. She she talked about the river as well, and uh, this river that she was talking about. She said that like when you started to go, like she could she was walking into it. And as she walked into the river, the, the joy she could literally feel start to come up and well up in her. And she's like, and then you could step back, and all of a sudden it would, it would get less and less and less. And the more you went in, the fuller it became, and the more overwhelmed you became. And, and, and she's like, and what was crazy was when you came out of the river, you weren't wet. You were instantly dry. I'm like, that's, why don't we have that on earth? Like a, <laughs> I like that idea. 
And, and so she is experiencing this river, and I'm like, that's what I was in. That's, that's what I saw. And see, this river, I believe God is wanting us to get into tonight. He's wanting us to step into it. I believe, and I've done this, you can get into this river by faith. And I'm not talking about having a vision of it. I'm not talking about having the same encounter that I had where you were physically, seemingly in the river. I'm talking about by faith, you step over into this place where there's life, there's joy, there's the fullness of God, and you start having a good time. And for what purpose? For what purpose? Well, first of all, the river is God's idea. It's his idea. Turn, you got your Bibles? Pastor Bill was talking to me before the service about the river, too. And uh, he, he actually didn't know that I was going to share that story or had planned to share that story. So when he started talking about the river, I was like, hmm, that's pretty cool. So Revelation 22. Revelation 22 verse 1 says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants sh- shall serve him. Man, this, this river that God has revealed to us and that desires for us to enter into, it heals. There's a healing in this river. Now, the word that I was getting earlier, and I heard Pastor Bill say it, earlier as well while we were praying. He I don't even know if he notices this. But that there were there were those who um were mourning the loss of a loved one. Like like you're stuck in this place of mourning. And you would you might not even say that it's like, you know, every day you're waking up depressed or every day you're waking up sad or it's not it's not like that's the case, but it's like it feels like a weight on you sometimes and that there's this um, sometimes this dullness to life and kind of a dryness to life. And that's what this mourning has caused of losing, of losing a loved one. And I believe that God wants you to jump in the river tonight and the scripture says that he turns our mourning into dancing. Amen? Now there's a time for mourning but I'm talking about if this is something that's been weighing you down and you know that it's been hindering you for too long, I want to, I'm, what I want to do is in just a minute have you come forward and Pastor Bill and I, we're going to lay hands on you and that's going to be something that you're turning your mourning into dancing and we're going to let things go that need to be let go, let people go that need to be let go. But I believe that there's, that there's those individuals in here that... It's just something that's holding you back. It's something that it, it's caused a dullness to life that is not, you're not meant to live with. You're meant to live in the joy of the Lord. You're meant to live in this river to where everything that 
is new. Everything's vibrant. That there's life behind what you do, what you say. And this, that's what this river does. It brings life to dry bones. It lifts up what has been cast down. Amen? Amen. So if that's you, and I, and I suspect that it's a handful or more, um, then I, I want you guys to come up and, and hey, um, Chad, why don't you hop on the guitar and uh, just sing something too. Can you do that? All right. Um, those who, who I'm talking to, who you'd recognize that's, that's you, I, I, I really want you to get free of that tonight. And I really believe the Lord's going to do a work in you tonight where you're going to have an experience. You're going to have a weight lifted off of you. And you're going to see some things in life differently. Maybe you walk out of here and the colors are a little brighter tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. So come on up. Come on forward. Just listen to what the ushers have to say as far as their direction. If there's somebody, it's interesting that Pastor Doug was, was saying that, but, but what led me to that word was I saw a, a woman that got a necklace around her neck and she, she almost, I see her pulling it around to the side. And I don't know if that's because that was a gift of, of your loved one. Um, but as I continue to ask, well, what, what, what is this? What's this about? Um, just really weighed on me that whoever that is, and again, it's a woman, but I saw, I saw you as almost, you used the necklace as a, oh, jeez. She didn't tell me this. <laughs> as a, almost like you think it's a contact point to your husband. Um, and I'm here to tell you, Jesus is your contact point. The Holy Spirit is your contact point. Do not, let, do not allow yourself to, to go to a place of believing in charms that connect you with death. That is witchcraft. And I don't think that you knew it. In fact, I can say that you don't know it. So there's grace upon that, right? But, but if that is you, know that you know that you know you're, you're going to be set free. You're going to have... You're going to have joy. You're going to step into the river of life. Amen. Amen. Where the river flows, there's life. If if you check out Ezekiel, Ezekiel talks about it, man. I came down and there's swarms of life that come down to the river of life and get life. And and come on. That's the God we serve. Amen. 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 Let's let's all stand up and worship as well while we're doing this. Let's, Let's worship God. You good? Let's do it. (laughs) For now. Thank you, Lord.